Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hi, this is Lindy Kaiser with ClearanceJobs.com, and welcome to this episode. It's National Insider Threat Awareness Month, and if you're not familiar with what National Insider Threat Awareness Month is, it is a month dedicated to providing news and information about insider risk and the insider threat launched in 2019. We see a lot of initiatives and updates and content coming out. Today, I am very thrilled to be talking with Andrew Rasmuski. He is the principal at Canda Solutions. Canda has a lot of innovative tools and resources to work across the personnel vetting and risk management process. Fresh Haystack, one of those solutions. Um, he's here to talk a little bit about insider threat, insider risk, and the role that Canda Solutions can play in helping your organization or agency with that. Um, so thank you so much, Andrew, for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to chat with you, Lindsay. Yes, and I love it. You've been around this space for a while, and it's great to have these relationships that come up and folks who are really committed to working in this space. And it's been great to see Canda Solutions, Fresh Haystack, kind of involved in this process. So what is kind of your role in this whole big issue of insider threat, insider risk? Oh, sure. We actually, you know, like everything in life, started the serendipity actually working first time on a risk and threat assessment in 2005 for TSA post-September 11th. As you know, DHS was formed. And we started obviously kind of in personal security domain, but as we grew Fresh Haystack, as you kindly mentioned, we understood that it's Personal security domain certainly has connections to human resource systems, uh, to investigations, to vetting, continuous vetting now days. And we kind of expanded this platform to cover multiple areas. And that's what really Fresh Haystack does, right? It's a case management um, platform. And we understood that building ERP or customizing big ERP systems for federal government certainly is a good services business, but reality is there were very few typically homegrown or customized systems which did not really answer the mail. So we kind of built our own with a simple motto kind of to build a focused risk, specifically case management. And idea is really, and our motto is to make risk management easy. Fantastic. So you mentioned kind of a lot of what's going on in kind of the landscape here. Do you think that most companies or agencies realize the importance of this employee vetting and continuous monitoring mission? Sure. Most companies probably, you know, which are close to the national security, like defense industrial base, obviously as government organizations, do probably understand that. And again, cases, you know, from Snowden to Adam Hassan and others, right? Kind of, uh, I think there is a public awareness, certainly bigger than it was probably 10 years ago. But some of the reasons and context which probably drive this understanding would be something like regulatory compliance, for example, right? Many industries or highly regulated industries mandate through background checks or continuous vetting. Many financial institutions use 
to do that and background checks for cashiers, etc. So there are definitely some industries which are more familiar than others. Obviously, data breaches and cybersecurity certainly is a huge area which many organizations today pay attention to. Rise of cyber attacks and high-profile data breaches, we, we can name many of them. Obviously, driving this understanding that, you know, there is certainly external threat like cyber and hacking, etc., but also insiders could certainly pose a threat for organization and how important it is, you know, to protect crown jewels of or intellectual property for anybody really, not even in defense industrial base. Then reputation management, right, certainly is a consideration for many organizations, right? Nobody wants to be on the first page of Washington Post, right? Companies are increasingly aware how employee actions, both, right, past and present, can reflect on how organizations look in public domain. Then certainly evolution of wedding technology, right? I mean, 10 years ago, I know you've been around this space for a long time. Really, first time when we heard continuous wedding, this was pretty foreign concept, right? But today, it's certainly in sectors like defense, government, and critical infrastructure, um, everybody understands how crucial it is, right? And certainly some defense industrial-based organizations thinking that certainly it's probably more on government rather than on them. But again, there are different views of this. And I would say public expectations as well are a little bit different, right? Um, kind of people expect uh, that many large in government, large corporations and government organizations will recognize and invest in employee vetting. Um, and obviously for small and medium sized business organizations, which are always kind of close to my heart, you know, because we are a small business, certainly it's probably tougher to accomplish this since their resources are not as big as for big defense industrial based contractors. So the depth and frequency of wedding and monitoring also definitely varies, right? Based on the industry, region, or compliance requirements and specific company policies. Yeah, I, you almost called me old, Andrew. I'm going to let it slide this time, but I have been around a while and seen this. And, and I think that- I just said in this space, Lindsay, we are good. <laughs> I, mean, I, I appreciate that because there is some, you know, I think there is something about building on the knowledge that you have over time and seeing how these risks are not necessarily something new, but there are a lot of new solutions to address them. I do love a a nice origin story. And you kind of already mentioned this in, in the response to my first question, but I did want to talk a little bit about kind of how did you get involved in this personnel security vetting mission and what's kind of prompted you to create some of the solutions that you have? Sure. So first, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, first we did actually for a few government agencies, starting with CSA, we got involved into personal security solutions and we built it obviously on first solution we ever built was on Oracle eBusiness Suite, which is like a huge ERP system. And again, problem with using these solutions, which are not specific for this domain, is that it takes you two, three years to actually build something, right? And by the time you are actually done, um, probably requirements are out of date, right? So you need to rebuild it. And again, idea was that, hey, as a services business, this is probably interesting and good, but we got to come up with something which is specifically risk focused. And that's what we did. It took us about, you know, two, three years to build fresh that kind of very first versions. And we understood it that from personal security domain, it's crucial to have an automated and integrated solution where possible. So we built basically 
industry benchmark workflows now pretty much for any government agency if you are a defense industrial-based contractor. We automate whole process of onboarding cleared candidate and we know how crucial and timely that could be for any organization and really cutting significant onboarding time, sometimes up to two-thirds of the onboarding cycle, which is huge for defense contractors, right? So that was kind of thing. And first thing, then we understood that, again, as you onboarded someone back to continuous vetting and insider threat, you definitely want to monitor that know whoever that person is right so we added kind of insider threat solutions we added our own ai which we call ai right risk integration and decision engine kind of which allows us to integrate multiple data sources internal and external cyber physical security and have full holistic risk view of that that particular individual right depends on the position sensitivity etc and then we kind of expanded that hey, hey and if we found something right what else might be needed in the same platform and one of the things kind of which was huge in our opinion was kind of bringing data together but also allowing to investigate potentially that case right and have full audit trail of what happened where we learned information and we time what actions we took etc so this is kind of in a nutshell short overview of franchise thing. Amazing. And I love that you have that holistic approach. I think that's, you know, something that we've talked about before that you've written about that integrated risk management, which is really key. So looking at threats from both inside and outside of the organization, did you want to speak to that a little bit more? Sure. Integrated risk management, certainly in our opinion, is the key. And one of the kind of, I think it's interesting and pretty cool, I'll brag a little, you know, that Gartner actually, who looks at the global solutions in multiple kind of IT technology, actually mentioned us in their market guide in 2022 in Insider Risk. And part of the things which they liked, in our opinion, kind of was this view that we look at the HR, we look at the verse sections, we look at the personal security, we look at the data outside, right? Using data source providers like LexisNexis or Thomson Reuters so, or many others, which I'm sure our audience knows exist on the market, right? And in order to understand which insider threats are really real, right? How we can understand full landscape and crucial to response or to insider threat, right? Not every case, obviously, is an insider threat, but improving response time with holistic risk view gives organization a capability to more quickly identify the source, right? Or breach or threat, right? Because I'm kind of always joke about this, right? It could be a DBA on Saturday morning doing something at 6 a.m. downloading terabytes of data. Is it really an insider threat action or it's a production database or production migration, which is happening over a weekend, right? So you got to look at it in the context. And more context you have, the better understanding of that individual you're going to get. And then I think another kind of critical and important thing is kind of obviously ethical and privacy consideration, legal compliance reasons, right? All of that should be included. And idea to have this data kind of in one platform, obviously with a certain access control lists, allows us to involve every part of organization, all right, or enterprise risk group to make it the correct decision, right? And also, I think opening this, we've seen it in many defense contractors, opening 
to your employees about what's happening from insider threat standpoint kind of encourages a security first culture, right? Which recognizing importance of threats from all sources. And that's also helps overall security of the organization. And, you know, dy- dynamic threat landscape, I mean, viruses, you know, as you and I are talking, you know, uh, new viruses came out. So we got to be able to have an adapt to dynamic threat landscape and capability to using external and internal data and mesh it all together using our AI and analytics and reporting allows us to do that. I love that. You can always tell in these calls when you're talking to somebody who's highly technical. So let's just hope Andrew doesn't realize how completely untechnical I am. But that does tie into my next question. Sometimes you see kind of these insider threat topics put into boxes where it's like a personnel solution. It's like every time we have a big breach, somebody wants to find somebody to blame and they either want to blame like the personnel vetting process. So some background investigator did the wrong job or hey, it's the technology. The technology solution wasn't, you know, wasn't sufficient. Why, when it comes to insider threat, is it a both and problem? How do we address that? Sure. Insider threat topic, obviously, certainly touching personal personal solutions, right? I mean, certainly personal security. Nobody becomes insider before that person was hired, right? So certainly they went through the personal solution. Now, many organizations not necessarily treat them as connected. And I think for the life or employee life cycle, you have to kind of, in my opinion, you know, kind of connect these data sources and always kind of communicate. Now, not all technology solutions certainly can accomplish that. But we, for example, we always knew that HR data during hiring background check, you know, and all other things, knowing about that individual of paint critical picture, right? So personal solutions have, you know, certain elements like training and awareness, psychological analysis, clearance and access, potentially, you know, what are the, you know, whistleblower policies. Now, technological solutions, you know, people don't look uh, typically, you know, uh, in insider threat model, some people look at the cyber data, what's happening uh, online, but almost very few organizations except government CV programs really look at what's happening outside, outside of the organization, which is critical. Everybody has data loss prevention software, access control, regular audits. But unless you bring all of this data in the context, you really not going to see a full picture back to holistic um, kind of uh, risk. And why it's a both and the problem, right? Human factors are complex, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> while technology can detect some unusual behavior, understanding why be if something happened or what is behind this action often is needed. And in order to understand that, you need human-centric approach. This is where personal solutions like training and psychological analysis come to play. I mean, and there are limitations of technology, although, as you said, I'm breaking up a lot of technology terms, right? But at the same time, I understand that technology not going to solve it all, right? It certainly can help and minimize the risk, but it's not a silver bullet. We got to obviously look at the evolution of threats, right? As technological defenses evolve, so are the tactics of the malicious actors, right? And again, multifaceted approach allows for more agility in response to new and evolving tracks, which are always happening, right? And then back to holistic understanding. To me, this is the key, right? Personal solution offers insights into motivations and potential triggers for insider threats. 
in order to address it, you need an energetic approach, right? You need to bring both solutions together and only leveraging strengths of both, you can really have a robust defense, which could be poised by insiders, right? Awesome. Yeah, I love that. And I think a lot of the things you've talked about are certainly super interesting, super relevant, can do a lot to improve this onboarding process for candidates, which I love. One of the things that we've talked about before is this kind of this idea of clearability and almost how you can get a decent idea just on publicly available information about what some of the risk factors a person has coming on board of the system, what their chances of getting a clearance are. But I find it kind of interesting. We're all super accustomed to the idea of a credit score and are used to that being used to cross a variety of financial decisions. When you talk to somebody about a security clearance scoring or you know their ability to get vetted through that process, it can kind of seem a little bit minority report. Like, hey, is this as an employer, do I want to do kind of that employment pre-screening, what would that look like as a candidate? Do I want to sign off on this? Can you speak to that a little bit and some of the thought process around that? Sure, absolutely. We we use actually a simpler version, again, back to the tool and franchise that kind of green, yellow, red, to look uh, in more kind of from predictive analytics standpoint, right? How long it's going to take you to onboard that candidate? So certainly a little bit different view than credit score, right? But if we go back to scoring, right, and risk score or risk determination, or is it a trust determination, right? You kind of kind of can look at this in multiple ways. I think concept of credit score certainly is widely accepted, right? Because it's measured based on the kind of concrete financial behaviors and actions, which is, you know, debt levels, payment history, credit inquiries, right? Financial institutions have been using this for, um, for, to just really assess the risk of lending money or providing credit to individuals, right? On the other hand, a personal vetting or security score might seem a little bit sky-fi, as you said, but I think reality is like you got to look at the predictive nature of it, right? Based on the previous uh, information or predicting crimes before they occur, right? Security score if to predict one's potential for malicious activity would probably appear to make some assumptions, right, about future action based on the past or present data. So obviously there are huge privacy concerns, collective on information, and you obviously need consent of the uh, individual or in this case employee, if it's employee, then there is potential for misjudgment, right? Kind of who who is watching the watchers, right? So uh, as, uh, let's say, insider threat team is looking and human behaviors and intentions are complex. So you can't really kind of without the most precision and understanding always, there is a potential to misjudge and oversimplify intent. That certainly could happen as well. So that's why kind of some interesting technologies like machine learning, et cetera, which we kind of also are using to analyze potential data which we receive helps us helps us to learn and not make the same mistake twice, right? Which, you know, which not always necessarily case with the person. And then there is also stigmatization issue, right? Potential for stigmatizing individual based on low security score, right? Again, I think certainly it's a measurement, but you have to be careful how accurate and fair that measurement is, right? And kind of constantly keep track and improve whatever it is, technology, people, training. So certainly credit score offers relatively straightforward measure of financial risk. But I think security and risk score, where metrics are very well defined, clear, and understandable, right? How that score is achieved 
certainly could help to understand the risk of that individual. But obviously, I would certainly add that ethical and privacy considerations have to be considered. I love you brought up a lot of important pieces there of, of saying we have so much that we can do with data with the technology that we have, but we also have key accountability constraints around it. And that's why you need the process, but you need the people around it to help kind of set the parameters to be involved, to look into these things. Is there anything I didn't ask about that you wanted me to touch on today? No, no, Lindsay, always pleasure talking with you. And I hope, you know, if anyone wants to reach out and get more information, we will be happy to respond. Andrew at CandaSolutions.com. Yeah, so thank you so much again, Candace Solutions, for being on the show. Appreciate your time and appreciate your providing this information. I'm encouraged in this space as someone who's worked here a long time because we do have a lot of risks, but we have a lot of great innovative companies, innovative people like Andrew who are addressing those problems. And I actually get excited, even though I have no idea what you're talking about half the time, Andrew. No, I understand a little bit about what you're talking about. Just because there is a lot going on in this process, there are, again, a lot of tools to apply. And like you say, a lot of ways for even very small companies that are involved in this process up to the largest, biggest companies. I think punting the solution off and assuming that either the federal government can solve it on their own or that private industry is going to solve it on their own is not the solution. So all the ways that we can kind of come together around these topics and bring different groups together are really going to help us to actually address this big topic of insider risk. So thank you so much, Andrew, for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearedCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.